Hi everyone, this is Carmen Miksha and Sophia Miksha, your hosts of Seeds of Sunshine, a mother-daughter multi-generational podcast filled with laughter, wisdom and advice. Sophia is a sophomore in high school in the IB program, a runner, a piano player and a sister. I have a BA and MA degree in English and have published two poetry books and a tennis book, which you can find on Amazon or on my website, CarmenMixaBooks.com. I am also a marathon runner and the broker CEO of Dynamic Real Estate, my own company. So if you're looking to buy or sell a home with me in the Sacramento or Bay Area regions, please visit my website, DynamicSacramentoHomes.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We promise to sprinkle seeds of sunshine once a week to elevate your lives and dreams through better communication between generations. Keely O'Shaughnessy lives and works in Cotswolds in Gloucestershire, UK with her husband and two cats. When she's not writing or editing, Keely works in a primary school ages 4 to 11 as a teaching assistant for children with special education needs. She also tutors English and teaches creative writing. Separate from school, Keely is the managing editor for Flash Fiction magazine and has a master's degree in creative and critical writing. Keely's writing has been shortlisted for the Bath Flash Fiction Award and won Retreat West's monthly micro contest and her short fiction has been nominated for the Pushcart Prize and Best Small Fictions, as well as being selected for the Weekly Pop 50. Keely also has cerebral palsy and keeps active by taking walks in the countryside. She enjoys history, baking, traveling, and listening to David Bowie. If she had the opportunity to live anywhere else in the world, it would be Canada. And before we start chatting with Keely, as always, uh, we start with a quote and a joke, but not before reading a, a five-star review of our Seeds of Sunshine from one of our listeners, uh, Ula, who said, Carmen and Sophia is a great dynamic team. The Seeds of Sunshine podcast is a heartfelt family-oriented podcast that captures diverse stories and supports inclusion and diversity. Thank you for being authentic and true to reaching across generations positively through meaningful stories on this platform. Thank you so much for this wonderful review. We do aim to be um, inclusive and as diverse as possible and to reach across generations from small kids all the way to grandparents. You know, that's our goal. And the quote for today, Keely, is, um, is from Janet Boraway. Um, which is on your website, and um, it goes, if specificity as well as concreteness is crucial to vivid writing, so too is the significance carried in those concrete details, the ideas or qualities that they suggest, the way they reveal character, attract, or warn us, the way they lead us to think or feel. And now the joke, you might be able to help me with this one, it goes like this. What does an author have after they get abdominal surgery? What do they have left, Keely? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. They have a semicolon. Abdominal <laughs> surgery. Very good. <laughs> Welcome to Seas of, of Sunshine, Keely. We are grateful and honored to have you here. You live in UK. We are in the US. 
And it's just such a breath of fresh air to bring all kinds of voices from all over the world. And I'm so glad we connected through Medium, through one of our common friends, and that you accepted my invitation. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, yes, of course. And um, at Seeds of Sunshine, my daughter and I strive to bring interesting and diverse voices from all over the world. And since today she's at school, because it's 10 a.m. here, she wanted me to ask you this question. Um, she said, Mom, please ask um, uh, the writer from UK um, to give an idea what life is like in Gloucestershire, UK, and what does she like most about it? And what does she dislike about it or think it needs to be improved? Oh, good question. Um, I suppose the thing I like most about living um, in the UK, especially in Gloucestershire, is the countryside. We have lots of really lovely kind of green spaces. Um, and when I, ever, I go to a city, I always miss that kind of green open space. Um, and you can kind of don't have to go very far. We just walk out the door and there's rolling hills and it's very beautiful. Um, but I suppose the other side of that is it's not kind of bustling or busy. So sometimes it can be quite too quiet. <laughs> I hear you. I used to, so I grew up in Romania and I used to live in a small town and I used to joke with my parents, this is the town where nothing happens. Because <laughs> it was super quiet, you know, very... Yeah, it can be very much like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you. And um, any unique customs from your country or region that you would like others to know about it? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there are. Um, I suppose the thing that I encounter quite a lot is um, a lot of my colleagues who I work with and edit with are based in the US. And sometimes I'll say things and they kind of look at me very oddly. And I, I kind of I realise then that it's actually a UK thing that doesn't translate um, to the US. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Any um, examples? Like you would say something and they wouldn't get it? The, the one, I, and I always do, because I think in the UK, we love our cups of tea. So I often say, oh, I'm going to go and get a, a, a tea now. And they think I'm going to have my food. And I have to explain that I'm going to drink my cup of tea. <laughs> because for, for us, I think, in the UK, having a cup of tea is like an experience, and we have so many cups of tea a day that it's quite normal to go and have a cup of tea. So we just say tea, but obviously that also means food. So it becomes quite confusing. <laughs> they think you're hungry, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's they think like... I eat all the time. <laughs> she, they're like, how does she stay in such good shape? She has like 10, 10 teas a day and she's still good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, every hour I'm eating something, having tea again. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I have my cup, my glass of tea. I like sometimes I put it in a cup. Sometimes I make it in a in a big uh, glass. Um, I drink tea throughout the day and I like to mix up my teas. You know, it's like you're saying when you're actually, there is your cup, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have my cup here. Oh, I love it. Um, I just think that um, 
one of the highlights of my trip in London was was obviously having the afternoon tea, you know, and I went to the Rubens, which is pretty fancy, right? And it was yeah. just like such an experience. And when I posted the pictures, everyone from the US, oh my gosh, what are you eating there? Where are you? This looks so fancy, you know? I'm like, I'm at the royal place, you guys. I'm treating myself well. <laughs> I do think that actually um, over in the US, you guys think that that's how we always like, I don't come home every day after work and have an afternoon tea. I wish I did. Um, and I wish I did eat kind of cakes all the time. But yeah, that is a, it's a special occasion. It's a treat to have an afternoon tea. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how I felt too, because, you know, I felt like, okay, I ran the marathon. I deserve an afternoon tea, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you deserve 10 afternoon teas. <laughs> Thank you, Keely. I like you already. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, now to go to, you know, your career and your love of reading, um, you love to read and you also like to advocate for short fiction and books from small indie presses. Um, and we do the same in the US. I feel even more after the pandemic, you know, like we realized the importance of the um, indie presses. And so please tell us why is this important to you? Why are the small indie presses, you know, special for you? And what do you do to, you know, encourage people? Uh, yeah, I think that the indie presses to me, um, I suppose, because I write short fiction, they have a special place in my my heart because mainly on on the whole, the indie presses are the places that are publishing short fiction books like my own that aren't really uh, given a place in in kind of big publishing um so i always kind of fight for the indie publishers and try my best to support them um and i just i think it's quite a wholesome environment and that's sometimes lost in bigger publishing when it's all about figures and money and kind of yeah, just um, something that's lost when when the focus shifts from the words and the quality of the writing to how many books it's going to sell. And I think maybe that comes from the fact that indie presses or a lot of indie presses run at a loss anyway. So yes. they're only in it for the love of of writing, which makes it pretty special. Yes. I, I truly agree, Kelly, which is why when I published my very first book, um, which is Change Your Grip on Life Through Tennis, because it's such a narrow subject, I chose to self-publish. And one of my friends from the master's degree program, she was also self-publishing. So luckily she helped me and, you know, it was great to have her guidance. Uh, but I just feel like when you have certain topics and like with the short fiction, the flash fiction, it's becoming really popular all over the world, but I still think the indie presses are more likely to go for that kind of writing. You know, they truly value it and they value quality versus quantity. Yeah. Absolutely. I think one of my, my kind of pet peeves is when someone says to me, oh, when are you gonna, when are you gonna start writing something kind of real? And what they mean is longer and they think that that equates to 
kind of a difficulty of writing and a skill when actually writing short fiction is its very own skill and I'd say that you know for most most part it can be even trickier than than writing something longer it calls yes. for um kind of greater detail and that kind of immediate nature of it yes I agree and since you brought this up about the writing um give give the listeners and also like anyone who likes to write um why is it important you know in flash fiction to be concrete with your images to be precise and how can someone develop that kind of writing um i suppose it's important um and i say it's important in all writing to be concrete but maybe that's because i'm a perfectionist and i like things to be very precise and clear um so i, I do play to my strengths but um I think, yeah, it's absolutely something that can be developed because we all have senses. We we all, <laughs> you know, even if we don't have all five senses, we we are aware of our, our world around us. And I think that kind of concrete writing and picking out some of those senses and adding them into your writing just gives it an extra dimension that is so important in kind of, bringing your reader into a scene and getting them to kind of believe in your images. Yes. I, that I, makes sense? It, it makes perfect sense to me because I also, when our kids, they're teenagers, they show me any of their writing, I'm like, you know, you already said that. Why don't you cut this out and be more precise with your images? Be more concrete. And the, my daughter, especially, she's very funny. She goes, you're so picky, mom. Our English teachers are not as picky as you are. And I'm like, you know, I'm also a writer. <laughs> and I want you, I want you to write well, you know, just I'll be back. I'm not helping them rewrite. I'm just saying this whole paragraph, I want you to bring me in that scene, show me, be concrete, don't be vague, don't be like beating around the bushes, right? <laughs> Take me there Absolutely, and then I come yeah. back into the room and she shows me and I say, see, it's so much better. <laughs> yeah, that's great when you can kind of, um, and I suppose I I tend to push people quite hard when I'm working with them and, I'll, and they kind of sometimes will get quite, cross at me because they think but I like it like this and I think just trust me let's just push it as far as you can go with the detail and then they'll put in that extra little detail that's pulled somewhere out of their memory or kind of that image that they've kind of pulled from the back of their mind and they put it in and you go now it really sings and they go yeah. oh wait yeah that's 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 so much better and but you did that I, I didn't come along and think of that image I didn't make it better for you 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 had that in there all along yes quite powerful and um there is a quote on your website um and that really talks about exactly what we, we were saying about the flash and immediacy of the writing i love and i will dive into most forms of writing but do gravitate towards shorter works i'm drawn to flash fiction because of the level of clarity it calls for and its need for constant forward momentum. For me, there is nothing more exhilarating than landing on the exact word or image that conveys your meaning perfectly. In flash, immediacy and urgency 
are everything. That's quite powerful, Keely. <laughs> I was listening along going, did I write that? That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the reason is... It's really great, Kili, because I feel the same also about poetry. In poetry, you have to be super precise with your images, right? And to take every single detail. And you can expand a poem and you can turn it into a flash fiction if you want. You can turn it into a short story. You can turn it, you can put parts of it into your novel. That's what I want listeners to know, whether we have kids in high school or middle school or any level of writing, when they start short, they build up resilience. It's like me, I'm a marathon runner. I didn't start running a marathon. I started with a 5K race, right? <laughs> so it's the same with writing. Like you start short, you, you start uh, understanding how, uh, you know, you convey a message in a concise but powerful, precise way. And then you can be writing any kind of, I bet you can write a novel if you wanted to, Keely, you know? But, you know, your passion. Yeah, I, I think I, I, yeah, my passion is, is flash. I think I do have a, a novel, I'm going to say, on the back burner. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's my passion. I always get, I'm easily distracted as well. So I'll be thinking about my novel and writing away and then suddenly I'll get a story idea and I'll, I'll want to write that down. And I kind of get drawn in another direction. I think that's a common thing for a lot of writers that, we've got quite a lot going on in our brains so we're kind of <laughs> juggling lots of things at the same time and I don't maybe it's just me I'm <laughs> <laughs> no it's not just you I do the same thing Keely you know because I've been working on my memoir and I ended up publishing my second poetry book instead of publishing the memoir last year <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's very but... easily done Yes, exactly. It's it's a good thing to have more idea than fewer ideas in my mind, you know? <laughs> yes. And, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of your flash fiction, um, this year you had um, uh, Baby is a Thing Best Whispered, which I have right there. Um, and I read. Um, On and a bookshelf. It's very exciting. Yes, yes, I truly enjoy it. And, and that's the kind of book that, you know, with flash fiction, what I do, I actually took a flash fiction course for my master's degree, and I fell in love with it. But the beauty about flash fiction is that you can reread the same stories, or you can pick up the book from any place you want, right? And, and what, mm -hmm. what was the main inspiration for you in Baby is a Thing Best Whispered, uh, besides your own life experience, your family? This is an interesting one. I think since the book's come out, I've done a lot of interviews. Um, and this is a question I get asked a lot. And I think if I'm being really honest, when I started thinking about putting a collection together, I didn't have a concrete idea of of what it was going to be. Um, I started with a few stories that I kind of already had. And I, what I did was I lay, I kind of lay out everything that I'd written um, and kind of said, right, are there any themes that kind of reoccur for me or something that I, I'm drawn towards? And as I was doing that, I kind of kept seeing the themes of family um, and 
motherhood and daughters and mothers and that kind of relationship was something I often wrote about. Um, so that kind of got me thinking about how complex that relationship is. Um, and that's where the book started really. And from there, when I had that kind of vision in my mind, um, I started to write more stories that were based around that theme. Um, and I kind of started thinking, well, I like this idea of generations and moving through from childhood and seeing how motherhood and womanhood shifts through the generations kind of birth, um, childhood, the teenage years, to then how adults perceive motherhood. And it was just kind of an interesting idea to me how some things remain the same and then other perspectives are completely shifted from child to, to adult. Wow, quite powerful. I love the way you started and, and that truly is part of the creative process and i want the listeners to really understand like if your kids are struggling to write essays or to write it's sometimes you don't know what you're going to write about so it's it's best to just put it out there on paper and see what comes along and maybe have someone who's going to see the light coming through your writing saying no this is not the topic of your writing this is it you know like like for you, probably you were the one coming up with that after writing and putting things together. You were able to see, well, it's a, it's really about, you know, mothers and daughters and motherhood and how you see it as a child and how you see it as an adult. It's quite different and very powerful to, to have this lens. I just got overexcited. <laughs> I was just thinking about um, how um, often... Yeah, like you said, as writers, we kind of get drawn in another direction. And I think it's a shame to kind of pen yourself in, in the sense of I've got a plan and I'm going to stick to it. Because creativity often happens when we start thinking and let ourselves be kind of driven by our creative self rather than the this is the logical way to go. <laughs> the kind of linear expected path. Um, so I think that's important to kind of bear in mind that even if you think, oh, I'm writing this or I've started writing something and it's not going the way I expected, that isn't always a bad thing. I agree. Um, and um, you also um, are someone who lives with cerebral palsy. Uh, what message of strength and hope do you have for others? Um, that's an interesting question, I suppose. Um, yeah, my, my cerebral palsy doesn't, I mean, obviously it does impact my life, but I don't, I have a disability and it's interesting that I don't view myself. I'm just kind of a, a person in the world doing my thing, living my life. And I think that's all the best we can hope for. Um, so that would be my message just keep doing what you're doing because you're amazing <laughs> absolutely and so this could be at the end of each episode we offer our readers we sprinkle seeds of sunshine which is a message an inspiring message 
So I guess this could be your inspiring message to them, like be that person in the world and know that you're amazing. Anything else, you, any other seeds of sunshine you want to add, Keely? And adding to that, I suppose every person is different and every person has their own set of difficulties and struggles that they're overcoming. Um, and I suppose something that I always try and bear in mind, no matter kind of what you encounter in the day, but when you meet someone and they might be having a bad day, they might be having struggles that you know nothing about um, and try and bear that in mind and always be kind because you don't know what someone else is having to struggle through. Yes, absolutely, Keely. And before we let you go, how can listeners buy your books and connect with you online? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm on Twitter um, as Keely O Writer. Um, I'm on Instagram, and I am my books are available on Amazon. Um, and also, I have a micro chat book that is available on Ghost City Press. Um, so that's a really short um, five stories, ten pages, and uh, you can download it for free. Wonderful, Kili, and I will include all this information in our show notes. And I want to thank you so much for joining me uh, on Seeds of Sunshine. Um, I, it was a delight to talk to you, and I will always drink my tea and think of you, Kili. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been really fun. <laughs> Have a lovely, lovely evening. It's evening time there. Bye, Kili. Seeds of Sunshine is a proud supporter of Sacramento Youth Center and 50% of your donations are going directly to our local branch. To contribute and support our podcast, please use the coffee app, which you can find in our show notes. It is greatly appreciated. Wishing you a great week full of sunshine. Thanks so much for listening, sharing, and reviewing our podcast wherever you listen to. And if you have some great wisdom and advice and wish to be a guest on Seeds of Sunshine, please message me on social media at Carmen Mixa, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And last but not least, remember that we will have a monthly drawing for cool prizes to reward our top listeners and supporters who share and review Seeds of Sunshine. Goodbye for now. <laughs>